Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. You're very welcome along to the Big Red Bench this first Sunday of October. Europe are the Ryder Cup champions. They beat the USA 16.5 to 11.5. Shane Lowry was jumping and jiving around the place. It was uh, great to see. And uh, yeah, nice to see Europe claim that one in Rome. It will be Sars and Middleton in this year's Co-op Superstores Premier Senior County Hurling Final. We have all the reaction to those games on the way. Dylan O'Connell is at Parky Cui for us and will join us on the line. We have ladies football reaction also. Tommy, F- Tommy Hyde fights in Cork this week. We'll hear from him. And Rory O'Hagan joins us to talk about Richie Holland's appointment as Cork City boss until the end of the season. A huge show between here and seven. You're listening to The Big Red Bench here on Cork's Red FM. It's Aidan Leahy here with you until 7 o'clock and the full-time whistle has just gone at Parky Cueve and it's Middleton who are through to the county hurling final to play Sars. St. Finbar's 18 points. Middleton 117 it finished at full-time and of course the earlier game went to extra time as well um, between Sars and Emma Killy. Um It was uh, 115 to 18 points at the at full time of normal time and SARS won it out one twenty three to twenty five points. We'll get all the reaction to that a little later on. Um, let's jump into the day's action. One uh, game in the Premier League today. Nottingham Forest played out a one all draw with Brentford. Uh, here's Frank Watson from the City Ground. Nottingham Forest won, Brentford won, despite a breathless 13 minutes of added time in which both sides could have pinched it. But uh, eventually finishing in a draw, the two goals. Brentford uh, going ahead on 58 minutes with a Norgard header from a free kick by Jensen. That after near Cate had been sent off for a challenge on Visser and uh, Forrest down to 10 men behind for only 6 minutes before Dominguez headed in uh, substitute Harry Topolo's cross at the near post and that set up a breathtaking finale for all the first half was quite sleepy the second half was eventful both sides could have pinched it Willie Bolly near the end with two absolutely heroic blocks as Forrest hung on it finished Forrest 1 Brentford 1 Chelsea are taking on Tottenham as the first day of the new Women's Super League season comes to a close. The champions are at home to Spurs and it's scoreless after 20 minutes. Earlier, Liverpool got the better of Arsenal 1-0, while Man United came from behind to beat Aston Villa 2-1. Man City finished with 10 players but beat West Ham 2-0. Brighton held on to beat Everton 2-1 and Leicester City defeated Bristol City 4-2. Rugby Ireland's Pool B rivals South Africa can secure their place in the quarterfinals of the Rugby World Cup this evening. They face Tonga in their final group game. Kickoff in Marseille's at 8. At the moment, Australia, they need a result to avoid uh, a group stage exit. And at the moment, they're leading Portugal 29 points to 7 with 54 minutes gone. Uh, They do need a bonus point though. They need a bonus point win to have a chance of progression so um, yeah it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens there uh, snooker Mark Williams looking to win his third British Open title this evening uh, the Welshman is five frames to three up on Mark Selby in the decider in Cheltenham they'll return to the table this evening from seven. First to ten frames will be crowned champion in racing the favourite ace impact took the big race of the day at Paris Longchamp with victory in the L'Arte Triomphe uh, Christian Demuro was on board for the winning trainer Jean-Claude Rouget. Uh, Ralph Beckett's Westover finished second, while 50-1 shot Onesto was third, which I was happy to see. Uh, anyway, uh, moving on to the Ryder Cup. Luke Donald has led Europe to victory in golf's Ryder Cup. Uh, they got the 14.5 points required to regain the trophy from the USA. Uh, 16.5 they got in all. Rory McIlroy, Terrell Hatton, Tommy Fleetwood all among the winners in the singles in Rome today. Uh, Shane Lowry, um, he put in a massive performance to... He was two down against Jordan Spieth and probably should have won the match, uh, to, to be fair, but by the time he got to the 18th green, he was the last uh, the last match out there and it was just a case of getting it done, getting the half point and uh, popping open the champagne. Uh, there's a good video of Rory McIlroy chasing Shane Lowry with, with the bottle of champagne. Uh, an emotional Luke Donald tells Sky Sports News, it's hard to take in what they've achieved. It's been a long process. It's been a, an amazing journey and... <sighs> I enjoyed this one. It was stressful. <laughs> the US put up a fight today. They really did. And 
hats off to them. Unbelievable, but so proud of my 12 guys. Yeah, now we're going to, because of the extra time in the first game today where we're slightly delayed, so we're just waiting for Dylan to get through to us. He's uh, speaking to uh, the... Uh, the, the winning teams, of course, um, and uh, we, we'll speak to him uh, live on air as well. So while we're waiting for that, we're less than a week out before professional boxing returns to Cork City. Tommy Hyde once again headlines the card at Parochial Hall in Grand Braher with fellow Cork fighters Cahill Crowley and Danny Keating also featuring. Earlier today, Rory caught up with Tommy to talk about training in LA, getting ready for this fight and what the future holds for him. All right, we're less than a week out now from the massive uh, boxing card and the Muay Thai card happening at uh, Grand Braher in Parochial Hall. The man headlining the boxing card, the man who sold it out the last time, joins us on the line now, Mr. Tommy Hyde. Tommy, how are you, sir? I'm great, Rory. On the ball for having me on. Thank you, bud. And thanks a million for coming on. As always, really, really appreciate it. Um, I would imagine you can't wait to fight in front of your home crowd again, considering the last time you fought, it was almost like a carnival. The atmosphere was just something else. It was unreal, and I'm absolutely buzzing for it. If I could have my game, I'd only fight in Cork, but uh, it's great to have it back back in uh, the Procolano. now. Yeah, so tell us, um, what how, what have you been doing, I suppose, since that fight uh, to prepare for this fight? Yeah, so since that fight, I fought already in, in August in Boston. I won over six rounds. I had a tough opponent there. Dropped him in the fifth round, and um, he had a lot of experience, so he was able to he was able to he was able to see out the the rest of the fight. But I won every round, and I got great experience there. I've been back in LA since for the last five weeks, training, getting great sparring over there, great preparation by coaches, and um, I'm ready ready to go, ready for a war on on Saturday. When you go to um, a camp after a fight, I mean, like, are you picking one specific thing to improve on and work on? Are you working on all aspects of your game, or how does it work? Whatever my trainer says, really. Obviously, after I watch a fight back, I know what I do wrong. I know what I do good. But it's up to my trainer what he wants to work on. Like, last week there alone, there was just one pad session and there was three or four small little things, like little adjustments. I was absolutely buzzing leaving the session, like, excited to work on them in the next sparring session. That's where you can kind of practice and get everything right. But I'm buzzing with the, with, just with the improvements all the time in the gym. And just, just, yeah, just getting better all the time, and I, I love it. And you must be excited then, I suppose, to come home and show all your, your home fans the improvements that you've made and just how much of a better box you've become since. Oh, yeah, and um, I have a good opportunity to do this now in front of everyone at home. I've After selling hundreds of tickets again, and um, the, the support at home is just unbelievable. It's like the car people get behind their own, and... and that's it, it's great having my people there watching me and, and support me and shouting for me and I'm looking forward to putting on a great show for them a great performance and hopefully hopefully this fella comes to fight he's a Mexican so no doubt he will come to fight so we'll be ready for a war and giving everyone their money's worth yeah because as you say like Hannah Bonds is literally a stone's troll from the parochial hall so you'll have a small army in parochial hall again like you did the last time um, can you describe to me the atmosphere and the electricity in the venue when you were standing behind the curtain waiting for your name to be called out and that crowd there waiting to see you perform it was it, like it was it was buzzing it was buzzing I could feel the buzz off the crowd and just to kind of obviously you have a bit of anxiety you have a bit of nerves before it but like once I once I came out from the from the curtains all that was gone and I just saw the place bouncing like it was just unreal and I could every single face there was familiar it was a familiar face and that was just unreal it was it was just lovely to box there in front of my people and and just I can't wait to do it all over again to be honest and when you have that like pretty much everyone was there to see you I mean, like you you could have sold out that card on your own if there was one fight and you were the only fighter on that card like you would have sold it out but I mean like when you have that many people there for you and there's that weight of expectation on you to perform do you feel that or do you kind of I suppose do you feel energised by that do you, do you feed on it um, earlier on in the day I was probably a little bit tense thinking of it and it's been such a long time coming to fight in Cork and then fighting as a professional Cork main event so there was a lot of there was expectation but and I felt that earlier on in the day I went for a walk around Blackpool shopping centre with my girlfriend and then that's I, I kind of started seeing everyone I started seeing people and they're talking about the fights and kind of relaxed a bit more a cold shower then and I was ready to go that woke me up <laughs> and I, the nerves were kind of gone then um, but you, you'd obviously have a bit of butterflies and, and stuff like that but they're good it's good to have them because it keeps you on edge 
Mm. I imagine you won't be I suppose as nervous this time because you know what to expect I suppose you know that that raucous crowd is going to be there waiting for you so I suppose it'd be more kind of motivating than anything I suppose as opposed to, to nerve inducing this time You'll have to ask me that again on Saturday morning I probably will be nervous but um, nerves are a good thing as I said I'll be uh, I'm after putting the work in I didn't call any corners I never do the diet, the training, everything. I've, I've been very disciplined, very dedicated. I'm away from home in Los Angeles, as I said. It sounds nicer than it is. I'm, 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 I'm still away from home, and I'm, uh, I'm working hard over there. So, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to put on a, a great performance. So, that helps with the nerves. You're not going to get too nervous when you know I have to put the work in. I didn't leave any stone unturned, so I'm ready. I'm ready for a big fight. Yeah, when you say I've been training in LA, what I'm imagining is blue skies, palm trees, running, uh, running on beaches, uh, and just soaking it all up. What is, I suppose, a typical training week for you like in LA? Well, to be honest, Rory, there's a lot of that too. Like, there's uh, <laughs> a lot of beaches, a lot of palm trees, and a lot of sun. But um, when you're into the boxing gym, then you've you've a couple of fellas trying to take her head off. So the the beauty of it's kind of gone then, but. It's a uh, yeah. It's it's where I need to be. I'm getting I'm getting good work there, so I need to be there. But there's lovely scenery. But that's all a novelty, really. Do you know what I mean? I'm after a couple of weeks. I'm looking forward to getting home. This is Cork is my home. Like and this is where I want to be. But it's not where I'm not going to achieve my goals by staying here long time, long term training. That's why I'm I'm heading away from home and uh, heading away from my family and friends. There's no distractions over there in Los Angeles. I can see. I can I can focus properly. I can. All you're doing is training, you're recovering, and then you're eating good and eating clean. So, yeah, it's it's brilliant over there. Do you get homesick, Tommy, or is it just a case of you know why you're there and that's that focus, I suppose. It's like, I'm in LA for this five weeks because I've got this fight and there's no time to be homesick. Um, I'm a home bird, so I wouldn't really say homesick, but I'd be looking forward to coming home, definitely. I'm I'm staying with a, a cork man, Ian Buckley. He lives in, he's from Mayfield, but he's living in Los Angeles. So I'm staying with him over there. So that that helps an awful lot. A bit of crack around the place, and uh, and this time over, I Brandon McCarthy, who's from Kilkenny, he was over there training with me. So that that, that made an mm. awful difference having a bit of company there and just familiar faces. And I suppose, look, at the end of a tough training week, it must be nice just to, to head down to Santa Monica Boulevard or wherever it is, watch the sunset, and just watch the world go by. It is, yeah. There, there could be a lot worse places, definitely, yeah. <laughs> Certainly is. Yeah, tell me, uh, Tommy, you said you were fighting the Mexican. Um, tell me, have you seen much about him? Do you know much about him? Um, I saw a couple of clips of him, and um, he's fairly awkward, to be honest. He fought uh, Callum Smith, who's world champion, so he's been in there with some good fellas. And, um, yeah, I'm just looking to do a job, and I'm looking to give my best performance, and with my best performance, I think, we'll be getting a knockout. It certainly will be, uh, fingers crossed. And is this a step up zone competition for you? And is that the way I suppose all your career's gone? Is that like you stepped up and stepped up and stepped up? Keep, yeah, it's another step up. I'll, I'll climb the rankings again. I'm currently 140 in the world out of 1,200 of my weight. So I'm climbing up the rankings nicely. And um, I'll probably go into the top 100, maybe close enough to it anyway after this one. A good performance, a good win, and a good knockout. Hmm. Um, that's 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 the main thing for me. Now is giving a good performance for everyone that's coming to watch me. Exactly, yeah. And I suppose look, without looking too far ahead, after you win this fight on Saturday, I mean, like, what are the plans? I mean, like, where are you going to go? I suppose in the next twelve months. Yeah, so I'm hoping to get another fight before the end of the year. That'll be eight fights in twelve months, and then next year we might get six in the twelve months. I'll be stepping up the eight rounds in the new year, and um, hopefully we can get some titles as well next year fantastic to see it and, and I suppose Cork boxing having professional boxing back in Cork like the last time in parochial hall was the last time that had happened in quite a while uh, Martin Horgan deserves tremendous credit for making that happen it was fantastic to see it and it was I suppose the shot in the arm that boxing in Cork needed I suppose big time we have a couple of we have like six or seven pros at the minute so it would be an awful shame if we weren't fighting in Cork so there's three Cork lads on this show Danny Keaton from Mitchellstown and Kyle Crowley from Toker so, and myself obviously. So, there's trees from Cork fighting on this. So it's brilliant for Cork boxing. It's great for the young, the young people that are boxing and are into sports to look up to that and see that there's there's big nights coming there and that they can do it as well in a couple of years. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I cannot wait for Saturday night, buddy. I cannot wait for your walk out. Are you walking out to the ball and chain again? Or are you going to change it up? I'll have to walk out to the ball and chain again. It'd be it'd be rude if I didn't because. Uh, <laughs> The crowd loved it so much and then we went back to the bar afterwards and I must have played three or four times there as well. So 
you can't get too much of the ball and chain like so we'll have to do it again well, I cannot wait to hear that uh, song on Saturday nights that means you will be there to entertain everyone uh, Tommy as always a pleasure buddy not going to wish you luck you certainly don't need it I'll see you Saturday night thanks very much Rory and thanks to everyone for the support thanks to the black market as well and PF Painters they're always support me since for the last year they're after showing me unreal support so I appreciate all your support and, and Red FM as well for always having me on and helping me promote myself thank you Excellent stuff. Tommy Hyde's there just uh, less than a week out before he returns to the Parochial Hall in Grand Brother for his fight. All right, uh, let's turn our attention now to some uh, ladies football. John McCarthy was at the Senior B semi-final between Castlehaven and Clonakilty. Castlehaven getting the victory 3-8 to 10 points, the final score. Here is Jer with Castlehaven captain Siobhan Courtney. Okay, Siobhan Courtney, first of all, congratulations into a county senior B final. Um, just from speaking to your manager, Dinny Callan, how important is it for Castlehaven, considering where you've come from, to have something to play for heading into October now? Yeah, we're delighted with it. Um, I suppose being up senior was um, a big, you know, change for us now, you know, it was a big um, difference in the level, uh, the physicality. But like, I suppose this is a natural progression, I suppose, when you consider the grades. Um, so we're delighted to be in the senior B final. Got a big test today from Clonakilty, but you got off to the best possible start. Neva Sullivan's two early goals, they were crucial for you in the end? Yeah, they were. It was a great start and we needed that in the end. Um, you know, Clon really pushed in the second half. Um, you know, they were unlucky there to hit the post. That would have brought it back to maybe two. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the scores were vital. We worked the ball up the pitch. We worked it really well as a team today. Um, and it was great, yeah. Um, you've had a good run recently I mean, not necessarily in senior results but your West Cork minor A result was a big one for the club and the fact that they'll be competing at county level now as well home partners for those younger players the likes of Nia that have of that age group and those people coming through that age group that they get exposed to that ahead of playing senior yeah, we need all those um, girls. I suppose playing minor A is fantastic for the club. Um, you know, that really brings the girls on, uh, playing at such a high standard and against tough opposition. Um, they played a fantastic game against Island Rovers on Friday night. And I mean, there were so many of them playing there again today. Um, you know, the energy they bring to the squad um, is fantastic. So we definitely need it all and it's great for the years coming through. How difficult has it been to adjust to senior level? I know you're county final to look forward to. We don't know who you're playing at the moment. Uh, it's still going on between Kinsale and Fermoy. But how difficult has it been, the adjustment? Because there's been some tough results and tough moments. But these are the kind of things that, that help you down the road. Yeah, it has been tough. Um you know, it's a big step up from intermediate, but we're delighted to be in this grade. And, you know, like we want those tough games. We want to keep improving and um, we want to see the areas that we have to improve on. You know, this is like stepping stones for us. We have to, you know, it'll take a few years for us to get to that senior A grade, I suppose. And we're willing, you know, as a as a team, as a club to put in that work over the few years to get there. Like it's not going to happen in a year or two, um, but we're really delighted with this grade this year. And like, yeah, like you say, it has been um, the physicality level, the speed that the ball is worked up the pitch um, you know turnovers are really costly at this level and you know we've learned all of that now and uh, hopefully we'll keep progressing as a team and a squad and keep developing well the very best luck to you in the county yeah excellent stuff there Jer McCarthy speaking with Siobhan Courtney the Castlehaven captain after their win in the Senior B semi-final and Jer will have more on that one on the Women in Sport podcast every Thursday of course from noon wherever you get your podcasts I'm hoping Dylan O'Connell can hear us he's down at Parky Quay for us where uh, he saw the uh, two uh, Premier Senior semi hurling, hurling semi-finals uh, today Dylan uh, hope you can hear me first of all. Uh, two big games today and uh, plenty of excitement. Yeah, plenty of excitement here though. Parky Cueve, uh, Sars came, overcame Imichelli in extra time and that was followed by the 2021 Premier Senior Hurling Champions against its 2022 Premier Senior Hurling Champions and Middleton prevailed 117 to 18 points with a late, late Corbach Busan goal more or less the difference between the, these two clubs at Parky Cueve. Yeah, and I suppose very much the, the favourites out, I suppose, in St. Finbar's, the reigning champions. And look, it was always going to be a huge game. Middleton, of course, champions two years ago, looking to regain that title. Such a good side as well. Um, it was it was a massive clash, wasn't it? And uh, like both teams could have been in a final easily enough. Yeah, like it was a pure, it was a pure game I suppose that just showed the kind of Cork story Cork hurling story history they're probably they're, they're two incredibly storied clubs they're clubs they're clubs that run deep in their communities like Middleton with a strong tie Middleton CBS you'd have a very very strong Cork contingent between Connolly Han Damon Catalan 
Connery Han, Brian Hayes, Cormac Buse on both panels. So though it was all set up and the game delivered unto itself, the bars led, the bars led, Middleton came back into it. Then there was that late Cormac Buse goal, which some people say could have been a square ball. But again, I'm not here to give out about referee decisions. But like, you know, it's the game delivered all round. It was a true Cork hurling classic. Yeah, so uh, that there will be something, some bone of contention. Uh, I suppose square balls, uh, they're getting harder and harder to decipher. Uh, and there's been a good few incidents in the inter-county uh, championship as well, but uh, it is a tough job for referees, and especially in a game so helter-skelter like those two today. Yeah, uh, and and the game was back and forth, and I think what made the game even better from that point of view was the fact that like you couldn't call it even inside the first ten minutes. Like uh, middle, like the bars led by two points, then they led by four points going into half time, and at half time even the bars had that slight commanding lead. But like saying this though, Middleton did have six wides in the first half. Like I think the most disappointing thing from Barrett's point of view was the fact they missed three big goal chances, and like Middleton came back in the second half and just completely. Completely played the uh, the bars, and I mean that uh, respectfully. It was just an all room for- great performance by a group who had the likes of Etsy, Cormac Busey, and Conor Lehan. Yeah, and Conor Lehan, I suppose somebody who's just so he was so impressive this year for Cork, and bringing that into the into the club scene as well. Now, um, there's plenty plenty of company there in the background for you, but uh, just putting towards I suppose his contribution today, like. Just one of the all-time greats, I suppose, in Cork hurling, and uh, he'll be he'll be really hungry to add uh, another county championship to his uh, to his uh, long list of achievements. Yeah, and like I always remember back in 2013 when he played the Pearsheek in the semi-final of the Cork Senior Hurling Championship, and that would have been like let's say the last stand of like the Pearsheek team with Sean O'Gahaltine, John Gardner. It would have been their last, I suppose. I suppose it was their last hurrah and Middleton just blew them apart in the semi-final and Connerly Han and that was kind of his, his arrival as such on it, the car, in like as a senior hurler but like again p- players can have one good year players can have two years but Cormac Lee Han's been consistent for 10 years in a Cork jersey and a black and white jersey for Middleton and now he could be looking at getting his third Cork Senior Hurling Championship medal which is it's again it's what players like him deserve because you want you know the best players wearing a red and white jersey to have their county medals Hoggy has his from 2015-16 and Lee Hanna will have the, his third in his pocket if they beat Sars in the final Yeah and moving on to Sars what a victory what a season for them uh, they were the Red FM Hurling League uh, champions as well they're into that county final and I think everybody Probably saw them as the team that were going to break through the, the break through this year with with the squad they had. The fact that they were basically together all year because they'd so few players on the Cork panel, that's going to change next year, no doubt. But uh, one twenty three to twenty five points in extra time, like it must have been a heart stopping game and just a, a a huge season for Sarsfields continues into a county final. Yeah, and like it was more than deserved today, but because they, you know, they came through such a difficult pathway. Even before, even before today's game, they had to face Newtown Shandrum, they had to face the defending champions, the Bears. They had to face Black Rock, who came out of a group that had Middleton and the Glen Rovers and Bishopstown. So it was, you know, they didn't take, they took the path less travelled to get this far in the competition, and Sars prevailed in extra time. And when it comes to games like that going to extra time, it's not all about, you know, it comes, it, well, fitness is part of it though, but a lot of it comes down to the bottle. Can you actually hold your composure? Okay. If McKelly did miss a late free that would have tied it up and sent the game to penalties. But again, that does not make a difference anymore. Sars hung on, and they, which was quite impressive considering the fact that McKelly kept putting up to them, kept getting back into the game. And like Sars needed that late injury time goal to even just get back into the game. It was genuinely one of the most dramatic finishes I've ever seen to a club hurling match. Yeah, tell us about that goal. Like, and it was a day of late goals, wasn't it? But uh, huge for Sars. Like, and I suppose such an emotional year for them as well. Obviously, losing the great Teddy McCarthy, and um, it, to do that in such dramatic style, send it to extra time. You're always going to have that uh, bit of momentum then going into those two periods, aren't you? Like, Imakili would have had to really dig deep to try and and turn that set back around. Yeah, definitely. And like, I suppose what did kind of suit Sarah's in one sense was the fact that three of the Kelly team were playing yesterday for Castle Martyr. Um, so they might have had tired legs at that stage. But again, that does not make a difference. Uh, Sarah's are just excellent with their handling, their finishing. And it's the goal. It's the composure. It's the fact that uh, you don't rush the shot. There's so many things go into those individual moments. And the fact that they finished it off to, to equalise is such a big thing. And even at, like you mentioned here, the emotive thing with, with uh, the emotive thing, and that's a huge thing. And I don't want to make it all about the one person because that would just take away from the individual performance. Though, but that does happen in sports, and these narratives are very important when people win. And there's that added sense of motivation because again, you want to 
have that moment to commemorate the life of someone and like you know Teddy was probably one of the all time greats of Cork GA and like you know seeing Sarah's do it is fantastic to see and they could end up finishing off the season with uh, I suppose doing the clean sweep of Cork winning the, the league and the Cork Championship but then it's all about what can they do up in Waterford against Ballygunner the 2022 All-Ireland Hurling Champions yeah, Sars and Middleton, whichever one comes out there, there will be a lot of expectation this year on them just to just to 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 turn that sort of tide around of that, you know, that uh the recent form in Munster hasn't been great for Cork teams, but look at there's one big massive match in the county hurling final to go before any of that uh can pan out. It'll be Sarsfields versus Middleton after two fantastic games at Parky Queef today. We're gonna hear from uh, both sides, uh both winning sides now. But Dylan O'Connell, thanks a minute for joining us on the big red bench and for all the work today. Oh brilliant. Thank you very much, Aidan. Yeah, thanks to Dylan there speaking to us live from Porky Cueve where it was Sars and Middleton who have booked their place in the decider of the Co-op Superstores Premier Senior Hurling Championship final. And let's hear now from the Sarsfields boss, John Crowley, speaking to Dylan after the game. Well, John, Sars are through to the county final. How are you feeling? <coughs> absolutely delighted. Absolutely thrilled. Um, uh, an absolute mountain of a, of a battle and uh, we're delighted to, uh, to come up the right side of it you know yeah it was like you were you for an early four point lead and Michele came back then you equalised the last kick kick of the game with the, the flick for Hurley like I suppose what were your own emotions watching the match ah, sure, your, your emotions you just you just you just look at it and play what's in front of you um, you know look you're playing an absolutely quality side in, in a McKinley I mean they've, they've three counties back to back um, I don't think any club team has done that or any team has done that over the last 20-25 years um, they're laden with, with, with superstars and like if you pick 14 or 15 clubs in any area and you take the best two players they're, they're quality you know absolutely like I suppose one thing that can <coughs> Like one thing that was would even really suited yourself is you had such a difficult route to get this round of competition. You could play Blackrock, the Bears, Newtown Chandler. Absolutely. Look, we spoke about that during the week. I mean, we, we were we were saying if we were to get to a county final, we'd have to beat three of the last four winners. So, um, in McKilly won in 19, which we beat today. Blackrock won in 20, which we beat in the quarterfinal. And the Bears won it in, in 22, which we beat um, in, in the early stages. The Bears are very much alive, like Middleton. So, whoever comes through the other side, it's going to be a huge task for us. But look, we'll, we'll regroup, we'll reset, and we'll, we'll take it from there, you know? Like one thing today I thought was quite impressive was the, the, was the verse... The, the, the verse being scorers, I think every member of the forward scored at one stage. Yeah, yeah, and that's something we look for and we ask for. And look, the lads stood up with today. Um, it's it's um, it's something that probably you know against the Rockies, while it was a completely different game and formation, um, it was more of an endurance battle. I thought today, you know, we, we spoke about it during the week that we had to get scores freely from around the pitch, and I think we got it today. Um, and 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 justified with the lads. You know, look, look, they're they're they really are an incredible bunch of guys, and I mean that sincerely. I know there's a cliche and stuff like that, but these guys are absolutely fantastic and I'm, I'm so so proud of them like I think the only time today was James McSweeney coming off with the, the injury to his arm yeah James I'd say he no I'd have really, really look at it and assess it but I, I don't know what the extent of the injury is um, Killian Murphy came off injured and um, look we'll have to look at that but you're going to get that in a bruising battle against the McKillian in the county semi-final you're going to have to expect some form of injury and look um, you know we'll recess it we'll, we'll, we'll see and, and we'll, 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 we'll get him on the recovery table and see what we're going to thank you thanks for that yeah, that was John Crowley there, the Sarsfields manager, speaking after their dramatic semi-final win over Immokilly after extra time, 123 to 25 points was the final score. They're going to face Middleton, who beat the reigning champion St. Finbars. Here is Dylan O'Connell speaking with Middleton management after the game. Yeah, it's incredible. It was very emotional. Uh, last ten or fifteen minutes, um, screaming our heads off from the sideline like lunatics. But uh, it was no, it's fantastic all year. Uh, both the senior and the intermediate teams, no matter what's happened for 45, 55 minutes of the game, we know that they're going to come strong at the end of uh, at the end of matches. And, and it just rang true again today. They finished the last ten or fifteen minutes excellently again. Behind at half time, nine five. What were your thoughts? We defended really well. Our defenders had actually played really well. We just probably didn't. Um, um, we actually handed them a couple of handy scores as well. We made a couple of silly mistakes. So there was a few things there that we, um, you know, possibly should have uh, done a little bit better. Um, we kind of didn't. I don't think we panicked at half time. Uh, we, we needed to probably work a little bit more, definitely. Um, but I think in the second half, with the wind, it helped us a small bit, and we were able to settle us and get a few scores. And then once we got close, it was uh, it was game on from there. Then. Yeah, certainly game on. Uh, but you still found yourselves behind 
wind coming towards the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, uh, there's no there's no putting the lads away. It happened, as I said, on, on Friday night with the intermediates. Not, they were losing for the vast majority of the game. We were losing for the vast majority of the game today. Um, hopefully in the final they'll do us a favour and maybe get a good start because uh, <laughs> we make it a small bit easier on the heart. But it's been, um, no, re- really good, very happy. You've probably been saying to them all the year, never give up, and they never give up. No, no, they're absolutely unbreakable. Like, no matter what we do to them in training, they manage to get through it. No matter how much punishment we <laughs> try and put them through, they just soak it up. They want more. So, uh, no, they're a great bunch of lads. Such a really, really nice mix and a couple of young fellas after coming through. Um, we've been unfortunate to get a few fellas long-term injured. And, uh, you know, that gives them a little bit of motivation as well because they're such a tight-knit group. They're kind of, they want to do it for those guys as well. Yeah, 100%. Okay, Mihan, thank you very Thanks, much. Chris. Thanks, There's one last one in the first half, which is each six wide, I think. There was a few handling errors kind of give points to the bars yeah. even that was down to rustiness over having a few weeks off or was it just I suppose nerves in the semi-final no I, well I think um, it's it's just a small bit unusual it's very noisy even though the lads are used to a lot of the lads have played in Crow Park they've won all Ireland they've done all that kind of stuff still when the game gets going first 10 or 15 minutes it's very noisy and a couple of the handling errors were maybe you know bad passes or bad choices maybe more than bad passes and a lot of that is, is on communication so we'll try and work a little bit on that over the next while and like uh, just one, one last question for yourself I know there's no shortage of motivation in the dressing room but it was definitely not a chip in your shoulder over not getting out of the group last year yeah absolutely like you know that that the quality of team that's inside there there's no there's no way that they shouldn't be getting out of the group um, you know they really really felt that they had um, you know uh, an added an added uh, motivation this year and added a little bit of impetus for them to, to, to drive on and um, they've been amazing to work with all year they've been fantastic so hopefully you know the next two weeks will go well and we'll see how we get on in the final brilliant thanks for that Michael yeah, that was Dylan O'Connell there with Michael Keohan, the Middleton manager, after they booked their spot in the final of the Co-op Superstars Premier Senior Hurling County Championship. They face Sarsfields, of course. And uh, yeah, it's it'll be a fantastic game. And obviously then the uh, the football semi-finals next weekend. Uh, so very exciting time in Cork GAA. And we'll have all the reaction and the build up to the county finals and, and the semi-finals uh, over the next couple of weeks here on the Big Red Bench. All right, we're going to go for a quick break. When we come back, I was talking to Rory O'Hagan today about Cork City FC and, of course, the news during the week that Richie Holland is going to take the team to the end of the season with Liam Buckley stepping back into his role as sporting director. So out of the dugout, into the boardroom, and Richie Holland, who's been in the dugout, he's been ever-present in the dugout this season for Cork City. He's going to lead the team into a massive FAI Cup semi-final, of course, next Sunday and uh, what will most possibly be at this stage uh, a relegation playoff uh, be it against Waterford or possibly Hove Ramblers who we even knows but uh, it's a huge period for Cork City Rory's going to tell us all about it and we might have some more uh, reaction to that fantastic victory for Europe in the Ryder Cup and uh, every time I open up Twitter here I'm just seeing more videos and pictures of Shane Lowry just celebrating and uh, there's some great photos of him holding the Ryder Cup aloft um, it's definitely a massive achievement for him and you know I suppose um, I heard Malky Clark can describe how he's almost like a, a frustrated Gaelic footballer who had to go and play this uh, a terrible individual sport of golf and he's really relished that team element and I think everyone who's watched it has, has watched his celebrations over the last uh, three days he really gets pumped up and uh, he looks like a great teammate so uh, all of that's after the break Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie Cork's Red FM Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie The Big Red Bench You're very welcome back to the Big Red Bench here on Cork's Red FM It's Aidan Leahy here with you until 7 o'clock on the day that Europe won the Ryder Cup um, England's Tommy Fleetwood uh, was the one who just about tipped Europe over the edge to get their target in Rome but Shane Lowry had a massive say in it as well Rory McIlroy also came out on top in his singles contest after he was involved in a heated exchange with an opposing caddy last night and we were on about this last night before I went off air and this is what we wanted to see a bit of needle and it, it made for a, a lot more interesting Sunday to be fair because I think um, it fired up the US a bit and they won a few early points which made it a bit more interesting going down the street 
stretch. Uh, it was Rory McIlroy and Joel Acava. There was that whole Hatgate incident thing going on in the background. But Rory told Sky Sports that, in a way, it helped him going into the final day. I felt like I used it to my advantage. I came out here uh, with a different level of focus, a different level of determination. I think it actually, in a way, gave the whole team a bit of a, you know, lit a fire under under our bellies a bit. And um, I just wanted to come out and win another point for Europe. Yeah, the USA, they failed to regain uh, the, the Ryder Cup, of course. Um, they won five and drew two. Their singles match it was six all altogether. And uh, the only time they actually won, let's say, a whole sort of matchup was uh, yesterday's four balls where they won by one point. Uh, and Zach Johnson, of course, American team captain, was speaking after it, and he said their opponents deserve huge credit. I think we got outplayed, but we showed grit, we showed heart. It was it got interesting there. A lot of ebb and flow in the tide. You know, we had some momentum coming in today, and even some momentum during the day. So uh, I'm proud of my guys. Losers. Anyway, <laughs> let's moving on. Uh, <laughs> Rory O'Hagan has been. Uh, I've been speaking to him today about uh, Cork City FC, and uh, of course, the change uh, during the week was that Richie Holland is going to take the team as the manager for the remaining games of the season. Liam Buckley, who's the sporting director, had stepped into the dugout uh, over the past couple of months as uh, interim manager, but Richie Holland's going to be the one at uh, head the management team for the rest of the season. He's brought on board a couple of big additions as well, some Cork City legends. Rory is going to tell us all about it. All right, I'm joined on the line by Rory O'Hagan to look at what has been a very busy week with Cork City FC and I suppose the main news that Richie Holland will be the man to uh, to lead the team as manager for the remaining games and uh, obviously a, a big FAI Cup semi-final uh, on Sunday as well. Rory... Um, Obviously, look, we heard all the reaction on last night's show to the to the loss to St. Pat's. But uh, what were your thoughts when you saw the news uh, last during the week that uh, Richie Holland was going to be the one to, to step into the dugout and take charge instead of Liam Buckley? Yeah, on a personal level, I'm absolutely delighted for Richie. He is just a terrifically nice guy and works very, very hard for Cork City. And I'm um, delighted he's been given this opportunity. Um, a little bit surprised, to be honest, Aidan, with the announcement. I mean, like we all know, of Cork City struggles this season um, and how poor they have been in the league. And they are where they are because they have been so poor. A lot of players haven't performed for them this season and uh, they are struggling. Um, and when it was announced on Thursday that Liam Buckley was taking, taking a step back, I was a bit surprised because, I mean, like it's so late in the season Um you just would have assumed that Liam Buckley would have stayed on and just taken charge of Cork City for the remaining games. Um, he's now stepped back to the sporting director role, um, for which he was originally appointed just before, actually the same week that um, Colin Healy resigned um, earlier on in the season. And uh, now Richie Holland, who was Colin's assistant, uh, steps up and takes uh, takes over. Now, he told Colin O'Sullivan in the press conference on Thursday that he just wanted to bring back a Cork feeling, the pride, that passion, the determination, I suppose, that had been very lacking under Liam Buckley, particularly in recent weeks when it looked like Cork City were just going through the motions. That defeat to Dundalk on Monday was horrendous. It was genuinely one of the worst performances I think I've ever seen from a Cork City team. And uh, the goals just kept on coming in and coming in. and uh, It wasn't pleasant to watch. Um, so Jeremy Rush has decided to do something. And Liam Buckley has stepped back. Richie has stepped up. He's added John O'Flynn and Dan Murray to his backroom team. Um, two absolute Corksy legends. Two big voices in that dressing room. And what we saw on Friday night was an improved Cork City performance. They were well in the game. Um, they were fighting for every scrappy ball in midfield. Pass looked a little bit stunned in the opening 45 minutes. The game changed entirely with John Donovan sending off after an hour, which was one of the worst decisions I think I've ever seen in my entire life watching football. Yeah, it's poor. Uh, and that's not an exaggeration, I read. And you've obviously seen I was poor. You've seen it. Uh, so, like, I mean, it's just such a bad decision to, to give you a care for that. No, going to play devil's advocate here and I'm going to say the referee was um, blindsided by it because I think he was just slightly um, slightly to the left and yeah, might not have seen if you're not Donovan sure though, the you, puck. Yeah, you can't give a yellow card though if, if you haven't properly seen the challenge. Like, I mean, you have to be sure, surely, to give a second yellow anyway and not to mind any yellow card. You have to be certain that uh, that he did what he did, let's say. If the referee thinks that he took the legs out from underneath the Pats player, like, he has to be certain on that and he, there's no way he could have been. 
Yeah, well, you go consult your official. You go consult your fourth official who are just standing there looking at it. Yeah. Um, like I spoke to a number of people um, from St. Pat's on Friday who were just adamant that it wasn't even a free kick for St. Pat's, let alone a yellow card. In fact, a couple of them suggested to me there was a free kick for Cork City. <laughs> now, like, O'Donovan is just, he's on the wrong side anyway, like, you know what I mean? So if the ball gets past him, he's in trouble. He's uh, completely... Um, completely out of position but he did very very well to get a toe poke in and uh, and win that ball and it was a brilliant brilliant tackle and then you see the referee go it's just look it was a shocking decision you'd like the referee to come and say yeah I got that wrong I apologise but that will never ever happen but, but like he's in, I know he's got radio con- contact with his uh, his officials so maybe he was on to them they were like yeah so he would have had to say free kick yellow guard and they, I assume they would have agreed with him but like you can't like the, the fourth official is ten yards away from it, looking at it, he can see that you can see the ball changes director trajectory. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's I'm I'm really really annoyed <laughs> over it because Cork City were really really good. They were right in the game up until that point, and then with ten ten players, they still really really push St Pat's. But like St Pat's just use that bit of guile and kind of stretch Cork City out a bit, and they took a, a fantastic goal. To be fair, but enough from a Cork City perspective, you'd question the defending, especially for the cross. Um, and they got uh, all three points but I mean like we heard from John Daly in the show yesterday and he basically said that the, the, the sending off changed the game for them and uh, he, did, he, did he admit that it might have been a soft one yesterday I can't, I can't, I can't even remember what he, he said did, to me he did to be but... fair but he then said how that they've been so harshly treated by referees over the past couple of weeks as well so he made sure to get that yeah. in there <laughs> he did yeah but he must have feels and like Richie to be fair like you could tell how he was seething, but if he goes in and the referee there, like he's facing a touchline ban for like saying that the referee got that wrong, so he has to be very, very careful. The, the referee, the referee have been, got it wrong. They've been awful for Cork City this season. Like every 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 show we do, nearly at this stage, we've had to talk about some decision. <laughs> like Colin Healy's before Colin left, every every single uh, post match interview with Colin, like it was honestly just uh, he was just astounded at how bad the refereeing was at times. Like, yeah, look, it's. I'm very slow to criticise referees, Aidan, because refereeing is an incredibly tough job. We are crying out for referees in every sport, at every level in this country. People just aren't volunteering to become referees because of the abuse they get when mistakes are made or or if they and that that kind of thing. Do you know? So I'm very, very slow to criticise referees. It's an incredibly tough job. And you'd hope more people would take it off and referee at like local level, schoolboys level, and up, and and just help out and just I suppose get more referees involved. I mean, like we've had referees on the show before crying out for volunteers to come and referee games. It's not just football; it's Gaelic games, it's yeah. rugby, it's every sport you can imagine. There aren't enough referees, so very very slow to criticise referees. However, on Friday night, the referee got that one wrong, and I think that's okay to say because. He did get it wrong, um, so I'm not going to criticise him too much after that, but I just felt like that O'Donovan decision, he got incredibly wrong. He got O'Donovan's first yellow card, O'Donovan was rash flying into that challenge, so he was always walking tightrope for the rest of the game. But the second one was wrong, and he got it wrong. Um, and it's not what you can say after that, to be perfectly honest, and I'm sure if the referee is looking back on that decision and he sees the footage, he go, yeah, I got that one wrong. Um, I suppose <laughs> just before we got distracted with, with that tangent, um, <laughs> yeah. the decision that that for Liam Buckley to to step back was it was it kind of just a decision to do something for for the sake of doing something after how bad the result was against Dundalk like that and just to maybe try and uh, and lift the squad a bit and, and maybe just you know change a, dynam- a dynamic and it works to be fair Friday night like it, it, it you know it was a much better performance. Yeah, um, I don't know to be honest. I mean, like the way City were going, like they're like they're definitely going to be in the, the relegation playoff. Anyway, there's no doubt yeah. about that unless a major miracle happens. They still have a cup semi final to play. Imagine how big that game is going to be at Turner's Cross next Sunday. Imagine the sellout crowd at Turner's Cross for the cup semi final against say Pat's one off game. You could be in the Aviva Stadium ninety minutes later. It's going to be absolutely incredible. Yeah. So like. Richie is a very strong character and he will definitely let the players know who is boss. He's brought in Dan Murray, who is one of the best ever defenders to have played for Cork City uh, in the club's history. League winning Dan Murray, cup winning Dan Murray, huge voice. He was the club captain for a reason. He doesn't accept poor standards. He's going to raise the game in that dressing room. John O'Flynn, the best finisher the League of Ireland has ever seen. 
That's yeah. no exaggeration. John O'Finn, the best striker uh, the League of Ireland has ever seen. He is going to be there. He is not a quiet character. He is going to demand the very, very best from these players. And that's what they do. They need to have the best demand in front of them because they have been getting away with it far too much this season. They have been poor. A lot of those players need to look at themselves. They need to say, I haven't been performing to the very best level that I know I can do. And they need to step up. There's only a couple of games left. They could end up the the end of the season with a, an FA Cup winners medal if they put their 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 minds to it. There's no reason why Cork City can't go off and win the FA Cup. There's zero reason why they can't go off and and uh, win that promotion playoff in a couple of weeks' time. But they have to want it, and that's where the likes of Dan and John coming in will instill that desire, that Corkness, that Cork City FC, um, I suppose DNA that like that, that's been lacking. I mean, like. You look back at all the successful Cork City teams um, and there is a spine of A, Cork people, but B, people who are willing to put it all on the line and and not demand, not not accept second best and demand the very best from their teammates. Dan Murray was one of those, came on loan from Cambridge United um, and didn't leave Cork because he loved it so much. Yeah. Um, uh, he became a Cork man um, became, and Cork City was his lifeblood and he he did that through his performances and the crowd loved him for it. Um, and that's what you need to do if you want to, to become a Cork City legend. You work your socks off and you do not accept second best. That league winning team in 2005, that, that double winning team in 2017, there was just no give up. There was no um, accepting second best in either of those teams. And that's why they were so successful. And that's why, like, I know it's a short run in now, but I mean, it, it, there is a lot of stake. Take the cup out of it, Aiden. Like, Cork City could be in the first division in a couple of uh, games' time if they don't turn yeah. things around. They, like, do you know what I mean? And that playoff, it could be against Waterford, it could be against Cole Ramblers, it could be. It, it's going to be tough no matter who you play because the first division team is going to have a point to prove. And all the pressure is on the Premier Division team. To remain in it, there's been a lot of change in the club this season. Dermot Usher has come in. Um, he's put money into the club, and he's going to want to see that club stay in the Premier Division. You can't like getting relegated wasn't in anyone's projection this season. It's a very, very real possibility. And unless those players step up, they stepped up on Friday. I'm not going to deny yeah. that, but for the rest of the games, they have to step up and they have to improve their attitude, their mentality, and their work rate, which has been lacking this season. City are ninth for a reason, and if that improves over the next couple of games, and I've no doubt it will under Richie because he's an excellent coach and he's brought in excellent people uh, to be part of his backroom team. I have no doubt that attitude, that work rate, is going to improve. Um, look, like that, the first time in a long time that Cork City have been owned by the one man. And let's say when times were difficult, the fans always knew what was going on because it was owned, it, it was four us that were in charge and it was the fans' voice anyway. Um, is it maybe the reason fans are a bit more tense is because they don't really know what's going on in the mind of Dermot Usher? And it, it must be interesting to, to wonder what is going on in his mind. He's come into this club, um, into such a big club, probably expecting it to be, you know... A bit of a wild ride. It's been a wild ride, but not in the not in the positive sense. Um, like what is going through his head? I wonder. Well, to be fair, I think Dermot Rush has been fairly open since he's come in and taken over the club. Um, he's been, I suppose, always in contact with supporters. You'll see him on match day talking to supporters all night about uh, the club, and he's taken that criticism on the chin, and he's accepted a lot of it. To be perfectly honest, for it, I mean, like he offered refunds to the supporters. Uh, on Monday night to travel to Dundalk uh, it was the, the the very least he could do but at least he offered it yeah um, so I think he's very fairly open in that sense as I said Layden, like I don't think getting relegated was going to be was in his thoughts at the start of the season he's got big big plans for Cork City I've seen you can only like, start working on those big big plans if you are in the Premier Division so that work um, so he, he he's one going to want to continue that work so obviously um, he's going to want the club to stay in the Premier Division and you can't say that he hasn't put his money his hand into his pocket because look at the amount of players that have come in across the course of the season um, even players that started the other night like Crabchuck and Dykesteel have only arrived in the last month or two months or so do you know what I mean yeah. so he has put money in there to try and keep Cork City in the Premier Division he's had to put his hand in his pocket twice for goalkeepers this season um, first uh, with uh, Tiernan Brooks getting injured I mean, like, Tiernan Brooks is in Ireland under 21 international do you know what I mean that's 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 and then he, like he had to go get Ollie Byrne then in after that because um, he because of Tiernan Brooks' injury so I mean like he, he has put his money where his mouth is I suppose you can't deny yeah. that um, but you're right 
supporters are getting a bit nervy, like and and when things aren't going well, the immediate reaction is to blame the owner. It's all the owner's fault. It's all the owner's fault. Yeah. Um. So he's taking that on the chin, to be perfectly honest about it. But I think, like, if Cork City just stay in the Premier Division, which I, like, I'm not going to say I think they will because anything can happen in a relegation playoff. Um. Because it's a, it's a cup final essentially. But I think if Cork City stay in the Premier Division, um, and just walk. And, and show an improvement next season I think I don't want to speak for all supporters but I think a lot of the season will have been forgotten about if Cork City show improvement next season just look a lot more solid you know Absolutely no fair enough uh, just to finish up on a, on a good story um, obviously a lot of people would have seen the two very good results for the Republic of Ireland women's team over the past uh, week or two and uh, I think everyone would, happy, would be happy to see Colin Healy a part of that uh, coaching staff as well it was great to see him back on a pitch uh, with, the, with the whistle in hand wasn't it? Yeah, I'm delighted to see it. Yeah, he's like Colin's such a nice, nice guy on top of it all. He, um, he, he's not going to be happy with the way things ended at Cork City, and it, it just felt like unfinished business when when he did step away. But like you can't deny that he got Cork City back into the Premier Division, worked very, very hard with Cork City, and I was delighted to see Eileen Gleeson name him as part of her management team because I mean, like Colin has a wealth of international experience. He's a very, very highly thought of coach. Um, pro license holder, um, just a good football brain, and look, did I just seem involved the women's team? And you could see, like the way that that women's team played under Eileen Gleeson, it just looked a lot more free flowing. It looked like the players were enjoying their football compared to Vera Pub, which is a lot more regimented, and just yeah. Vera had her way of playing, and that was it. She was the boss, as she made it very clear to Katie McCabe at the World Cup. Um, she was the boss and that was that and I think the players seem to really enjoy playing under Eileen Gleeson now whether Eileen gets the job on a permanent basis or not remains to be seen I'm not entirely sure she wants it she's been asked about it a couple of times she has a role already had... within the FEI doesn't she so I think she's very focused on that yeah and I think that's um, a massive passion project for her as well trying to drive involvement and engagement in women playing football in Ireland Um so it'll be very interesting to see if they say, look, do you want it full time? And she kind of maybe have a think about it, especially after yeah. those two performances. And I think she really enjoyed being in the camp as well. You could even see it in the press conference um, last week when they were talking about the um, the game at the Aviva and Katie McCabe was like, oh, there'll be 30,000 people there. And Eileen was like, yeah, that's just going to be your family and Denise's. <laughs> do you know what I mean? You could see that she was having a bit of crack and you can see that like Katie McCabe looked completely relaxed in her company, um, which is great to see. Um, so she's a proper players manager by the looks of things so if she gets the job on a full time basis after the two results not sure anyone's going to be very upset over that and it'd be great to see Colin Healy remain as part of that um, as well so yeah delighted to see Colin back in in football and uh, delighted to see him involved in that Irish team Excellent stuff well uh, look it's it's a big period obviously for Cork City and uh, next Sunday is a massive one we'll have all the build up and reaction here on the Big Red Bench Rory thanks a million Thanks, dude. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM.